0: And they don't um, let her eat, which is insane, cuz yes, it's like, right? It's 2 days. Like she's it's not going to change days. dramatically size-wise. Like I don't understand. I guess understand. it's like you don't want her to
1: blow her cover by being the only person at that pageant who's like eating real food, but even like when she's here at the hangar with only the FBI around, <laughs> let her have and a And like sandwich. I
0: understand if it's like she's wearing an outfit or something. It's like, yeah, don't get powdered sugar on don't your eat dress costume, or costume. But, but like, it's not even that. It's just, here, <laughs> have some celery you're in Meanwhile, a bathrobe. they get to have a hoagie like you know Ugh, <sighs> distressing
1: hello and welcome to movie struck a podcast about movies and the people who watch them i'm your host Sophia and i'm joined today by heather from kaluna
0: reviews heather welcome back to the podcast Hi, thanks for having me back. We get to talk about movies.
1: Hell yeah. We specifically get to talk about one movie, of which I'm about to ask you why we watched it. It's the question I ask at the top of every episode. Heather, why did we watch Miss Congeniality?
0: So, uh, I'm not the type of person who generally re-watches a lot of movies. I have the ADHD where I need to watch Mm. every individual thing and not go back (laughs) and... Like, if it's on TV and I'm sick, that's different, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are some movies that I have seen so many times, either just growing up or it's, like, a comfort movie, like, if I'm sick. So it's, like, you need something that you can kind of pay attention to, but also if you fall asleep, it's okay because you've seen it a million times. <laughs> so there's a lot of movies that fit that category, but there's one, like, I, if I need a pick-me-up, like, if I don't feel great, I feel gross, I hate myself, I'm going to watch Miss Congeniality. <laughs> Because it's got Hell that yeah. 2000s, like, kick-ass, girl power, Kim Possible totally spies energy. <laughs> like, that kind of, th- like, femininity and kickassery. So it's, like, kind of in the same levels as, like, Legally Blonde. It's, like, just entertaining.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say that this is the perfect encapsulation of the uh, feminine idea, uh, feminine kick-assery of the early 2000s. <laughs>
0: Like you can kick, butt, but you can look good while doing it, yeah, but you have to be wearing a dress.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had not seen this before. I just missed it, I think, when it was it is closer to release day, but it is the the pitch for this is very much my stuff as a big fan of spy things, any sort of like secret agent procedural type thing. Mm-hmm. And also, like, the Kim Possible, you know, that level of girl boss of the 2000s. This The, the pitch for this I was in. So I was excited when you picked this. And uh, yeah. why don't we jump on it and see where, where it takes us. And it will start by taking us back to 1982, New Jersey. Uh, children chattering on the playground. Chatter was the word they used in the subtitles. So <laughs> this
0: is a direct quote. Yeah, I, ha- I had the subtitles on, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh other all playing on the playground as we uh see one little girl reading when some boys across the playground begin to fight and bully another kid and with an uh exasperated oh boy she goes over to interrupt walking in with a certain swagger and uh standing up to and handily beating up the bullies and as she tries to help the boy who was being bullied up and gather his various books and documents and whatnot um, she's like, I don't know why they pick on you. You're smart and funny. Tee hair twirl. Um, mm-hmm. and she's like, I like you. Uh, but he doesn't like her back. He doesn't like, like her like that. And he calls, uh, her a dork brain and then she punches him too. So we yeah, are meeting he, our he, protagonist.
0: He gets embarrassed. Cause like, oh, now they're gonna like think that a girl needs to defend me. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. And so she punches him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: flash forward to the future where those same glasses are on sandra bullock uh, our star as she sits in a dim bar or what i thought was a dim bar but i'll later learn is a dimly lit russian restaurant uh reading with a little little spy camera in her book and as a
0: who oh i love a little gadget this
1: <laughs> so exciting to me
0: yeah, I, I, the like it's silly, very but it's... obvious. Like <laughs> mm, turning. Yeah, she
1: has to like hold the book up in front of her face so the little camera can play a screen set into the inside. It's um, so tiny. <laughs> it's so teeny tiny. It's gonna have terrible resolution. It's not like broadcasting to anyone else, as far as I could tell. Like, cause there is a surveillance van outside with her boss and a bunch of other agents,
0: but they yeah, have like a, a different feed, I think. It's a limited radio transmission, which is why they have to be only so far, mm-hmm. like from it. Yeah, but she's monitoring
1: some of the guys uh, in the restaurant, like, getting a little scope out. Um, there's the guys out in the vans, and there's a couple other agents who are in disguise on the street. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, lads in the van give her a call on her little earpiece, and they're like, Hey, we've seen a cab arriving with uh, a couple of Russian guys inside getting out. They all gather in, in the interior... Uh, get a little flash of one of their guns when they like lift their jacket to sit down so we Mm -hmm. know that these guys they're up to no good the situation is tense
0: yeah you get the sense there's some sort of weird mafia thing
1: going on here (laughs) very much so um As she tries to get a view of them, uh, Sandra Bullock's view is blocked by a waitress who gets in the way of her book camera. And while she tries to, as um, obviously as possible, sling it around, uh, she struggles with this a little bit until eventually she's able to cleverly uh, hug the waitress and thank her for her amazing borscht and and get the angle that she needs so that they can get a visual of the disks that the Russian guys have. And when they get that confirmed visual, the FBI, they bust on in uh, Mm -hmm. Sandra joining them uh, having pretended to be someone who was learning Russian from her little how-to-read Russian book, uh, she then begins to translate into flawless Russian, what the dudes who are being sting-operationed are saying. Look at her being an agent for all time. I know that Ziggy has made her appearance <laughs> as well. <laughs> She's just <laughs> standing. Please tell me more. Yes, you want to hear all about Sandra Bullock and Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Congeniality.
0: <laughs> I need the girl power. <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah. you consider it's, it, yourself a girl I, boss? I, I like I I can't remember. I think it's only Sandra Bullock's character who speaks Russian in that Apparently, scene, which is yeah. insane. Like crazy. There's no way that they wouldn't have at least one other person there, because if you have your translator in the middle of the scene and they yeah. get hurt, then you don't know what's going to happen. You need they would need like, to have at least one other translator there in the van, and they don't.
1: Do you want me to believe that in the FBI, Russian is not one of the most common? third languages people might be trying to pick up just
0: yeah like that seem like if you're working for the fbi i feel like a good number of people are going to speak mm. at least another language and russians we'll see some probably personnel a files later
1: and they all list like french spanish which are useful in their own right and also most high schools in america do choose those as second languages that you could take mm-hmm. i was it's crazy they did not have a second russian speaker in that <laughs>
0: They were all busy that day. They had stuff. Mm. <laughs> they, had, they had fun things to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> had to go make some borscht.
0: Um, but in I this, love that that's the stand-off. one food everyone remembers. Like, that's the only <laughs> Russian food that it's people a good good to say. It's uh, a fun word to uh, say. Uh, borscht. Uh, borscht. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but they're in the midst of this standoff, and uh, one of the Russian men starts choking, and this concerns uh, Sandra Bullock, whose agent uh, is named Hart, uh, and... Despite her superior's orders to ignore the man, she gives him the Heimlich and this immediately causes him to turn around and point a gun to her neck, but she begins to fight and escape and a shootout breaks out. Um, All the Russians split to their various escape routes they're all taken down pretty handily uh notably by the one agent who was dressed as a vagrant in the uh, alley outside this is gonna be one of our only other named fbi agent cast members this is benjamin bratt this is he's playing agent matthews we'll learn oh, the he's later. playing a
0: cop oh my whoa <laughs> <laughs> he's really flexing his dramatic
1: muscles here <laughs> a face that says cast me as a cop <laughs> he yeah yeah real Dominic West is McNulty kind of energy, just like,
0: I'm like, I'm sorry, it it works. He just has the look of cop Uh, or specifically like detective, not necessarily like just a cop. Mm hmm.
1: Um, but as the dust clears, Hart has the guy who choked restrained and she sees that one of her fellow agents was caught in the crossfire, uh, injured, shot and gets taken away in an ambulance. Outside of the restaurant, she's distraught to have gotten her fellow agent shot because she chose to do the Heimlich and she gets no comfort from anyone else
0: uh, on her team. Which is... I know, like, it wasn't a very smart move, but that 100% would have been what they would have done if they need this guy to be, like... If they need to interrogate him, you can't interrogate him if he's dead. (laughs) No. Like, if he's actually... Like, if he was faking it, Mm -hmm. sure. But, like he very clearly was choking on something (laughs) (laughs) you're like hmm i guess we'll let that one die i'm sure they'll be real cooperative with us later yeah it was a
1: weird i'm like that's so i get that they're trying to show that she has like heart has a heart haha but like that's not really the crux of her arc in this movie and this felt Mm -mm. like a weird setup to me because really what they need from the scene is heart is going to get in trouble with her superior officer for disobeying orders I feel like I would have liked it more if she had rushed in or something as opposed to well we've already got them surrounded and now this completely extraneous circumstance that's really weird and a little like I don't really know what you would do in that scenario is popping up I think I would this would have been better served by it being like her saying I've got him I got him and then jumping in before the rest of the team and then same events that follow just without the choking but it, it, on the other hand this is a comedy and I kind of it's a, it's a funnier scenario to have this guy choking I guess
0: yeah they need to kind of like establish uh, with uh, Matthews and her of like she's very intelligent she's good at her job mm-hmm. but she is a bit of a like she kind of looks before she leaps a lot and then mm-hmm. he's very by the book falls to rules yeah. kind of guy even though he's kind of a jackass at times, but um, and they don't really keep that personality trait that's just sort of quickly established and then they don't mm-hmm. really address it throughout most of the movie unless the plot demands it. Demands it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really feels
1: like this scene exists only so that she can be at odds with her uh, commander, her chief, who was just the most unlikable character in the movie by a lot like he exists purely to yell at her for not following the rules every time she does things that get results i'm like i don't know i didn't like him even a Poor little ernie hudson he just gets <laughs> cast ernie as hudson. angry
0: cop in charge
1: yelling at subordinate like yeah. and like he it's not that ernie hudson is bad in this movie no. it's just that his character is awful <laughs> he's just terrible at his job he's just really bad um, but uh, but Hart gets home, she kicks her bed a bunch, th- throws a frozen dinner in the microwave, uh, using a wooden spoon to keep it closed, which cannot be fire safe. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, uh. Puts her records on and gets to punch in a bag. She's... Uh, it, what this is establishing for this movie is that Hart is not the most ladylike of people, which is sort of the double-edged sword of the early 2000s feminist movie is like, well, yes women can be badass and strong and still be feminine but also the antithesis of that is you can't even have a tiny little shred of respect or dignity for femininity when you are not accepting that you can be both at once and so this, there's this dynamic in the beginning of the movie where like heart is very put downy uh, to other women who might be expressing femininity more overtly or like Care about their appearance, like doing their hair, where what her clothes are, and she's so practical to the point misogyny, just popping out,
0: popping out. Like, I mean, then that's her character growth. Like, that's. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the other thing it establishes is that, besides the fact that she's not very ladylike, and she's got a lot of masculine traits, she also doesn't have any friends. Her apartment's dirty. She doesn't even have a pet, Um, Mm -hmm. and like you can tell, it's just work is the only thing she cares about. Like that's the only thing that she really has. Like you don't She's see her talking to family members. <laughs> you don't see her talking to other friends at work.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also get a little cutaway here and we'll periodically cut to these little asides where we see uh, someone typing a desk, um, typing at a desk and on the wall behind them are all these news reports about this terrorist called Citizen. Uh, and they're typing some sort of threatening riddle- riddle-filled letter, which again is—I love a riddle. So this was—I was like, I'm on, I'm in, I'm on board. Movie, you've mm-hmm. got a lot of things that I like happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see where these go. Um, Hart heads out to work the next day, getting a call from her office that prompts her to uh, use her siren to you know move things along faster speeding through the streets barely parking pushing her way through the crowds at the starbucks that she's at uh she's picking up coffee orders for the whole office at the behest of her superior
0: (laughs) they do a lot of those like bait and switch jokes in this where like she Mm -hmm. gets the call from her boss and like she puts the siren on something something hot and you're like oh something's going down it's like oh She's been demoted to coffee, girl. Uh-oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: not good. This confused me a little bit, because when she arrives at the office, like everyone's sort of jostling over her to get their coffees, but no one seems to be like, oh, of course, Hart had to get them. She's the girl on the team. And this is something the movie does consistently, is even when she's in the room for conversations, she's participating in the misogyny more so than being like specifically put down by it. Like, you don't get the impression that she's being held back because she is woman. You kind of get the impression she's getting held back because boss is mad that she kept disobeying orders, which...
0: Yeah, her gender is not the issue in terms of her kind of prickly relationship with her boss. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they do kind of... You know how, like, when you're a little kid and you start, like... Going into like middle school as a girl, you're like, I don't like pink. Pink's too girly. Eh. Mm-hmm. She kind of never got past that stage yeah. <laughs> as she entered adulthood. <laughs> so we just see her being like one of the boys, and like that's mm-hmm. kind of also how they see her. Is like they don't register her as a as a lady. They just register yeah. her as one of the other one of the guys, boys. Essentially, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a very it's a very
1: two thousands movies. I'm not like other girls kind of character to have, and personally, that's not my favorite character archetype, no. largely because of sheer exposure. I'm like, come on, movies!
0: <laughs> but no, beginning I have to beginning of give movie, this movie Gracie, credit. I would yeah. not be friends with. Like, she is. This a is pain not where she ass. will be forever. <laughs>
1: no, yeah, yeah, but it, it's important that she's like that now. Even though watching the first twenty minutes of this movie, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs>
0: like oh god what a disaster we as a society have
1: moved beyond the need for not like other girls
0: yeah Um,
1: her uh, boss shows up he's like "Uh, everyone don't worry about that officer who got shot he's gonna be completely fine full recovery that is no longer a motivation or worry Um, he's also got some bad news though they received a letter from the citizen who they establish uh, never works the same way twice just, just so all sorts of terror and crime spreading bombs etc strikes all sorts of miscellaneous targets this guy could be anywhere could be anyone watch out they don't
0: really like they're like oh it's just to establish some story stuff later Mm -hmm. but presumably like the one consistent thing is these weird like riddly letters because they're trying to create like a weird like kind of zodiac kind of saying in this Yeah, universe. they say,
1: like, the citizen always sends warning letters full of incomprehensible riddles and nothing makes sense until after he strikes. And So, so it's the Riddler. It's the Riddler, <laughs> which, pretty great. I, as a big fan of the Riddler the being Batman. A villain, this was great for me. I was like, a Riddler? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Excellent. (laughs) Fantastic. No notes. Uh, But yeah, they've got a bunch of riddles to solve. And um, we all kind of know where this movie is going based on the title. So I was happy they didn't spend too, too long on the having to figure
0: out what was going to happen bit. And that sort of comes back around later. Yeah, it's not a movie where you're terribly invested in actually solving the mystery. You're more just invested in the detectives as they figure out Mm. the mystery. Like, there are certain things that are very obvious. And you're like... Oh, maybe it's a twist. No. No. It, it's exactly what you think it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the big boss assigns Matthews to uh, take the lead on this case and he's a little surprised by this but the chief's like you earned it thanks to your great quick thinking last night at the restaurant being the guy who was posted in the back of it. Hart tries to after this meeting talk to her superior about what happened and he uh, immediately just like you didn't follow orders you got two weeks until your hearing and you are out of the field. I don't want to see you working nowhere with nobody. So she's on paperwork duty. Um she tries I get to make the case. sense
0: that this is not the first time that's happened. Because if it was, Whoa. then she probably would have just gotten a warning. I probably. think. Probably. Because like that seems way too harsh if this was the first time she did something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, she tries to make a case for why she should be on the citizen uh, team based on her background and cryptology and whatever. But he's like, just go get your paperwork. Cause he is not having any of it, which feels like if she's gonna be stuck in the office anyway unable like she has to do paperwork
0: just let her work on the riddles right yeah, like, let, her, let her go hang out with no intelligence bite. like they're, yeah. they're doing stuff
1: <laughs> it feels like that's only helpful again I none of the decisions this man made made any sense to me really and I was mostly just mad whenever he would show up because it would just throw a wrench into the yeah, already like, somewhat convoluted plot You
0: can you can see the hand of the author like having to fix the situation to get it yeah. into the situation we need for the movie which is fine because they don't spend a ton of time on it like Mm -hmm. we mostly just use this as an opportunity to learn about our main characters the general plot uh and like the here's how gracie starts at the beginning of the movie let's see how she changes as we go through this essentially um but she despite not being officially on the case
1: does continue to work on the citizen letter uh later that night at Uh, dinner while she's in the pub eating a pint of Ben & Jerry's, which her bartender knows to give her, which I like a lot. I want a bartender that will just give me a pint of Ben & Jerry's On Demand.
0: It's got the same bait-and-switch energy as, like, like the Austin Powers movies where they have the conveniently placed objects.
1: It's like that, but
0: in written form, essentially, Mm -hmm. like, where they have these a lot of cutaway gags of like, Give me a pint! Oh, are you sure? Are you sure you want a whole thing? Oh yeah, and then he puts a cookie dough <laughs> and sharing <laughs> <his laughs> a pint of ice cream in front of her, which is insane that he has them in stock for her.
1: <laughs> She's a regular. Um, hmm. Matthews is also there. She kind of congratulates him on getting the op. Uh, and he goes to meet his date, who is the like stereotypical girly girl, college girl. Um, and Hart is just like rolling her eyes at this, like, oh wow, she's something else, isn't she? Just like a true girl's girl. And uh, I was so, I was like, I'm going to reach through the screen and slap Hart at this point. <laughs> I'm like, get over it. <laughs> You are not in fifth grade anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like you get the impression, whether it's true or not, uh, Mm -hmm. that Matthews is only interested in women on a physical level and doesn't Mm -hmm. really want to date someone with a brain, essentially, is kind of what the scene's trying to establish. Or at least that's what or at least that's how Hart feels about Mm -hmm. it. Whether again, whether it's true or not, that's just how she is viewing his
1: interest in other women exactly and uh as they kind of meet each like uh, matthews introduces Hart to his date beth and she's like reveals that she's talking to him because she's an undergrad writing a paper about law enforcement and so she's trying to interview him and when she meets Hart, she also switches to be like oh i'd love to talk in a woman's perspective on this and that's sort of like laughed off as well but like i do want to give the movie credit it's not that she was given lines to read in any way that sort of reinforce Hart's view of her it very much does feel like this woman has made, Hart has made assumptions that are not backed up by the way that people are in the real world.
0: Yes, and I, I appreciate that, like, that kind of view, which would normally be seen as, like, the correct one mm-hmm. of this era, is being pushed back against. It's just like, no, just because she's pretty doesn't mean she's an idiot. Like, yeah, I don't know why you as- assumed that she was just stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Later on, the boys of the FBI are walking around
1: debating takeout places when Hart busts in. She's cracked the code on the letter. Uh, It's all about the Miss United States pageant, a thing that the rest of the intelligence team had already found
0: out a few hours ago. Um, But, like, you get the sense that, like, if she had been given the resources (laughs) and the time to actually properly work on it instead of in her off hours she probably would have cracked it f- sooner. Yeah. <laughs> like you get that sense that she's she's just as smart as the guys down at intelligence. She yeah. just doesn't really get to She's flex just as smart open. as the
1: entire team in intelligence who worked on it together.
0: In a meeting they talk about
1: the uh, event. It's a 3-day event in San Antonio, which is uh, going to be happening 2 days from now, so it's this movie. We got 5 days. That's our timetable, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're locked
0: in. We
1: don't got to yep. think about the calendar no more. All the boys in the room have no idea where to start and kind of just stare blankly at each other when Hart from the background starts suggesting things that like Matthews will parrot back and then everyone in the room will immediately agree with. Um, She suggests calling the network and pageant organizers to get their cooperation um, and that they're going to need someone on the inside because there's places only contestants can go. And um, Matthews is like, I know just the girl they go to the FBI personnel database and start pulling up agents profiles uh, they start with Matthew's suggested like blonde woman stereotypically very conventionally attractive um, and one of the tech guys has hacked his daughter's CD-ROM dress up game to like auto populate the dresses and swimsuits and stuff onto the personnel files
0: yeah Crazy. it's, it's <laughs> like the one thing that kind of like you can tell what time period this takes place and like oh, essentially yeah. it's one of those like crappy like websites that a kid would have gone to where it's essentially paper dolls but like Mm -hmm. online and you would like press around the different outfits and he's somehow apparently when you sign up for the fbi they have to take full body photos of you (laughs) (laughs) with your exact measurements and everything so then that way they can transcribe the pretty doll dresses onto the agents yeah, so they start
1: with the initially suggested woman, but Hart points out that she's on maternity leave, so she's out. And then they begin their search for female field ag- agents under 35, which only results in a lot of less conventionally attractive women. And eventually this turns into a game where the whole staff room is going through all of themselves included, like Matthews and the yeah, IT all the, guy and all everything. the guys get
0: involved in it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they start putting outfits on them and everyone's going like, oh! I, I lo- I'm like, that feels like work environments that I've been in. It's maybe the most (laughs) kosher, no, but like at least it's equal opportunity. And it is funny because
0: Hart is not, like you would expect her to be like, oh, that's so stupid. No, she's Mm. actually enjoying it along with them. Like she is participating in this. Like she is just as like in much trouble. (laughs) <laughs> the others when they when they're yeah. doing that. And again, yeah, this is something we mentioned before, but it's very consistent throughout the movie
1: that it's not that the world is actually conspiring against Hart because she is woman or because she is like less conventionally attractive. It's it's just like no, she's one of the guys at the FBI, and because of that, no one treats her any differently, and that's how she's chosen to be. Or like her perceptions of the women around her are Hart's perceptions, and like the text of the movie is not pushing this agenda in the same way. But eventually they bring up an image of their boss, uh, which is right when he walks in unamused and we got the classic movie line, he's right behind me, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I forgive it. It's early 2000s. It's early 2000s. (laughs) Uh,
1: Matthews explains they were looking for someone to go undercover and gets reprimanded, so they all start to argue amongst themselves until one guy's like, well, why don't we try Hart's profile? And they pull up her card where she's like smizing to the camera for some reason and uh, she seems to be the best candidate so far.
0: They, they do establish uh, I guess kind of that like Hart doesn't wear super not unflattering outfits but she doesn't wear anything that like super hugs her body so you mm-hmm. honestly don't really know like what she looks like. It's the only time she's like ever really exposed is when she's in like her gym outfits and they're mm-hmm. not even like a like a typical sports bra like it's a longer sports bra they're longer pants like she's not mm-hmm. in like what you would see like a skimpy girl working out in like yeah. she she's very much her hides her body kind of like she doesn't hide her abs which is fine but like but. <laughs> she any of the like conventionally feminine parts of her she does not mm-hmm. uh, put on display at all no uh,
1: and she could hear. He still tries to be like, no, 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 not me. I'm not Miss Congeniality. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, but later, Matthews finds her in the gym, and they spar as he tries to convince her to be the one to go undercover. Uh, Hart is very uh, anti-woman in this scene in a way that continued to irk me. She looks down on the contestants of the Miss United States pageant as being like airheads and you know vapid. Um, but he's like, no, it won't be demeaning. You're going to be an important part of the undercover team, and. Uh, he also smacks her on the ass, so they end up wrestling. Which, it's the early two thousands. <laughs> so
0: Again, she is eventually. one of the boys. That is <laughs> that is, is not. Yeah, like you get the sense that he's he's, he almost forgets that she's a lady. Like yeah. where, the way he acts yeah. around her,
1: <laughs> very much so. Um. She's like not comfortable with the big hair and makeup and everything, uh, and she's like, I don't know where I'm gonna put my gun in a swimsuit, but. Uh, After a little of the back and forth of the fight continues and Matthews thinks he's won, she sweeps the leg, takes him down, and agrees to uh, be the undercover person of the pageant. Uh, So they've got their wrestling going on and she is doing the thing that is the plot of the movie. So we are rockin' and rollin', folks.
0: Yeah, because otherwise she would have been on desk duty for another two weeks, so she's like, well, fine. (laughs) Very different movie.
1: Very different (laughs) movie, if that was what
0: happened. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, a day
1: later she's still complaining about how she doesn't understand how anyone could enter a beauty pageant And she and Matthews walk in and talk to the pageant organizers uh, Where we meet <laughs> Kathy Morningside <laughs> and Stan Fields Stan Fields is William Shatner
0: <laughs> it, So I did not watch Star Trek growing up And I only knew kind of like what young Shatner looked like Vaguely mm-hmm. I did not know that was the same man <laughs> Until I was in like high school, (laughs) because I was just unaware of what he looked like as he had grown up. Because he, like, you can tell, like, how one becomes the other, but, like, Mm -hmm. my little kid brain was like, who dat? I, I was no violently aware is. of who
1: this was from the moment he walked on screen and honestly he does so very little in this movie
0: <laughs> he he's very like, funny like he, 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 he does a lot there. of like good like bits like he's got lot, like he five uns- lines tops <laughs> yeah but they're like he does a lot of like background work in the scenes mm-hmm. like you can see him kind of waddling around just being like kind of incompetent he kind of got the impression very that funny. he was
1: there to give us like alternate suspects but they don't really like explore a bunch of different suspects in this movie there's kind of just two that they're, they hone in on and one of them is the one who actually does it so yeah i got the impression it- that they put him there so that people might think he 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 citizen and it no it's yeah not. they
0: like establish like three or four people who could potentially be suspects so it's very obvious like mm-hmm. after a while that it can't be them. yeah um but uh shatner and the organizer
1: the uh miss morningside are like we don't want this this is Unacceptable. Our scholarship program has to maintain the highest level of, uh, you know, authorization and uh, respect. Uh, we can't let you put an agent inside and rig the top five. Uh, they also have a throwaway line here about how they asked the network to cancel the pageant, but the network said no. So that their their only option is
0: to do the plot of the movie again. Very different movie. If the network gets in, yes. I mean, that's honestly the most realistic thing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm being like, no, no. No no, we I will continue to do this. The show must go on. Um They reveal that the person they're gonna
1: replace is the contestant from New Jersey who was recently caught doing porn. So that's their in
0: right there. and I had forgotten that at the beginning of the movie, it showed that Gracie did grow up in Jersey because, like, when mm-hmm. you're working for the FBI, they don't really there's not a ton of establishing shots as to where they are,
1: yeah, um,
0: and you don't know, like, did they fly in here, or do they live local? Like, mm-hmm. so I forgot that. Like, oh, oh, okay. They, she is Jersey. That does make actual sense now. Mm-hmm. That they would probably try to aim for one whose accent she sounds. ish yes, like she, doesn't she does really have a do Jersey a Jersey accent. It's yeah. It's
1: I, it's almost a Jersey accent. She's doing a very like, I'm from a major city
0: on the East Coast accent. You know that also could be like Gracie trying to get rid of her accent to be taken very more much seriously. So. so I I wasn't yeah. too concerned about her lack of a very obvious Jersey accent. No,
1: she had exactly enough of something that I the viewer of the movie who lives very close to New Jersey was like, I accept that. Like that's fine. Yeah. I could I could walk outside and hear that right now. That's fine to me. This is this is not a point in the movie I have any problems with or really nah. need to deal. <laughs> um, but They also reveal that Hart will be the agent going undercover, which causes the Kathy Morningside to be like, oh, I eye roll. Uh, And she recommends a pageant consultant who can help them prep her for the competition to make her seem more convincing. Um, Victor Melling, uh, the only person who might be able to help. And also in this scene, we meet her assistant, Frank Tobin, um, citizen, right? The minute he turns up and I'm
0: like, oh, that's the citizen. He's an idiot. (laughs) He's also dumb as rocks. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's is like, very bumbling, you know, kind of like he, executive yeah. assistant type. He walks on screen and like the bad guy. Yeah, and he walks around with the energy of like uh, like he's like when you first see him, he's just kind of bumbling. Mm-hmm. but like you also get the sense like I don't I don't like this guy. There's a and sort it of may malice or may not have to anything him. to do with the fact that he's the citizen. I think he's just kind of a creep. Which proves to be true, so... (laughs) Yeah, we see him,
1: like, he'll, like, usher uh, the contestants onto a bus later to go to their breakfast, and he, like, makes sexist remarks about all of them and, like, catcalls every single one as they get on, except for New Jersey. Uh, And I'm like, well... The bad guy, right? Yeah. (laughs) He's the only character that's been allowed to be overtly unlikable so far.
0: There is one shot, I think, that's pretty obvious. Like, uh, when Gracie says oh, it's a beauty pageant, and Ms. Morningside takes offense to that, and she's like, no, mm-hmm. it's a scholarship, and, like, she's talking about how it's not just about beauty, like, she's explaining all these, like, how it's empowering for women, and mm-hmm. she she stands up, and behind her, around the room, there's pictures of all the previous, like, winners, and when she stands up, she has directly uh, got a crown behind her mm. from one of the other contestants, and it's, like, a Hmm. Hmm. Interesting choice of shot, movie. I wonder if that will be important later. (laughs) Like it's very notable. Like, hmm. Hmm. Hmm." Yeah. (laughs) You kind of tilt your head a little, and then Frank walks in, and you're like, okay. You're like, okay.
1: (laughs) Pieces are coming together. Uh, Hart and Matthews go to meet Victor, who is
0: Michael Caine, and he is the best part of this movie. (laughs) He's so fucking funny. Oh my god. I love him. uh yeah
1: he plays this uh unimpressed british pageant coach uh who is just so wildly unimpressed with Hart that and her like clearly like improper behavior that she he uh tries to refuse the job but after matthew does some schmoozing and there's some like the he gets the
0: faintest whiff of gay and matthew makes his exit Th- that is the one thing I think in the movie that really doesn't age super yeah. great except for one thing at the end is kind of the gay jokes because mm-hmm. uh, like it's the gay panic of uh, Victor starts flirting with Matthews and Matthews immediately runs away basically because mm-hmm. he's like ah uh, and then that joke pops up a few more times throughout the movie Yeah. and it's like ah uh, okay but then they kind of balance it out with another thing later so it's like ah Oh, alright movie, mm-hmm. a product of your time I guess Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but Victor, despite his initial aversion, does decide to take uh, Hart on and as they sit down for lunch, Hart is eating with her usual messiness and manliness to the distraught uh, Victor and Hart's immediately antagonistic to him so he explains that his whole backstory about how he used to be the most sought after trainer in pageantry uh, until one of his girls froze halfway through her performance uh, a few years ago and In her interview afterwards, said that he was a crazed perfectionist, and now no one wanted to work with him. He's also the only one who didn't have a contestant
0: yet for this year, which is why he was available to help Hart. She keeps, yeah. They do a good job of also making him kind of a suspect too, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, uh, because they're like they're giving everybody like everyone's got a Motives, Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he was the one I believe the least would be a twist villain so I'm like, he's just too likable to <laughs> no he's funny uh, but like they do establish that he's potentially suspicious mm-hmm. and I mean they don't I, I think they also look in they do look into like Morningside and, mm-hmm. uh, and Frank like they do background checks on everybody basically yeah. so nothing immediately suspicious pops up
1: no um, she's also circling the rim of the wine glass with her finger making it make a tone which he makes her stop remember that for later audience and I, I like the scene he when they leave the restaurant he teaches her how to glide and properly walk uh, and they do the uh, midnight cowboy I'm walking here I'm gliding here as they go by ha 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 um,
0: yeah every 2000s movie has it somewhere
1: <laughs> Yep. Uh, the citizen of course in a cutaway is continuing to prepare his nefarious scheme uh, when the team's plane takes off for San Antonio. Uh, Victor is continuing to try and train Hart by showing her old pageant footage, and she continues to mock it relentlessly as they train. And at this point I'm like, at this point it is now your job to take this seriously. I am begging you to not be dismissive for, like, two minutes.
0: Yeah, like, she's, she's making fun of the uh like the acceptance cry mm-hmm. basically like when yeah. they're like oh, but she's doing it so over the top it's, it's, it is honestly
1: very funny it's very like, funny Sandra Bullock is a very funny actor but if I was, oh man, I, was in, I was no in universe I'd be mad but in like universe watching I'd be it mad. as a movie it is very funny yeah um their plane lands the FBI having procured everything they need and they start the uh various like surveillance and beauty procedures simultaneously. So a bunch of people in pink uniforms are running around doing her dental and hair and often at the same times and prepping heart as the other agents are prepping their guns and equipment. It's a nice little montage. Yeah, um, it's
0: an interesting juxtaposition of her suffering through all the yeah. like makeup and stuff. Well, meanwhile the guys are like eating donuts and like getting yeah, their guns they have ready. Sandwich. Yeah, and they don't um, let her eat, which is insane because yes, it's like right—it's two days. Like she's it's not going to change days. dramatically size-wise. Like I don't—I guess it's
1: like you don't want her to blow her cover by being the only person at that pageant who's like eating real food. But even like when she's here at the hangar with only the FBI around. Let her have and like, sandwich. I
0: understand if it's like she's wearing an outfit or something. It's like, yeah, don't get powdered sugar on don't your dress in costume, or whatever. But, but like, it's not even that. It's just here. Have some celery. You're Meanwhile, in a they robe. get to have a hoagie. <laughs> like you know,
1: uh,
0: distressing. Uh, Matthews also
1: gives her the tech that we'll see from the movie. She got an earpiece so that they can hear everything she hears. A little camera on her pin and uh, new IDs that descri- describe her as
0: Gracie Lou Freebush from New Jersey. Yeah, it's a callback to a joke she made at the beginning of the movie. Yeah.
1: The other guys wait outside the hangar until Hart is revealed, now conventionally hot and surrounded by a team of pink-garbed beauty workers. Uh, Matthews is shocked, and at this point I was like, ah, the romantic subplot for the movie, we found it. (laughs) That
0: is probably like, like when I think of like the Miss Congeniality movie, that is one of the most iconic scenes, is the doors opening, the team walks out kind of first, uh, and then Mustang Sally starts playing. And then she's in this beautiful bodycon, like lavender dress. Her mm-hmm. hair is blowing in the correct direction. Uh, her makeup's gorgeous, but like, it looks effortless is the thing. Yeah. It's like, she's not like super, super make makeup, like caked on, like it's, it mm-hmm. looks really, really good. And yeah, Matthew's kind of like, oh, like his jaw falls open. I'm just like, oh, oh right, she's a girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very funny yeah and she does immediately trip and fall on her heels to remind us she, that
0: this is still heart um, yes but she made it across like the tarmac at yeah. least a little bit before immediately falling she got on her, her face moment. <laughs> Uh, we go to the Alamo
1: Dome where the contest is uh, about to be underway. Hart meets with Victor and they're greeted by Miss Morningside, who is surprised to see Hart looking like functional. Um, and she pulls her away for orientation breakfast as Victor is sent to take their bags to the room, which he's like, oh, I don't, I'm not a bellhop. Uh, and this is where yeah. we see Frank, who again, at this point, I was completely 100% certain was the citizen, uh, just being disgusting to the contestants as they get on the bus.
0: Yeah. And and the girls are like sp- They don't put up with it, like, they're very antagonistic towards him, so they aren't, like, it. the only reason he can kind of get away with it is because he's working there, Mm -hmm. so he's able to, like, you know, kind of hide it, but you get the sense that if if, uh, he didn't have connections to Morningside, that he would have been fired very, very long ago. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh heart continues to fall in her heels a couple times, but she does
1: make it onto the bus where she's surrounded by the other contestants and she's offered a seat next to Miss Rhode Island, Cheryl Fraser, who introduces herself and is immediately just so, so friendly and so, so
0: nice. Uh, I lo- she's, she's very dorky charming. Like mm-hmm. she's she's very, very cute. Like, yeah. uh, like, I guess she knows that she's Miss New Jersey. They don't have the uh, badges and stuff mm-hmm. on yet because everyone else's photo was in like the program except Gracie's because they last minute Probably changed last who it minute, was yeah. and she's like well I knew it was you because you're the only one whose face I didn't memorize and it's like <laughs> all right that's a little yeah that's a little much but all right like you're, you're friendly smart. I think yeah. like she's yeah <laughs> she's, got she's got a very brain. weird she's just
1: a little over eager perhaps she's um. a little
0: a little like quirky yeah yeah
1: uh the organizer miss morningside leads them in singing miss united states's theme as they all drive off to breakfast and in the breakfast hall uh as they go to their table Hart meets several more of the contestants we are about to meet the 10 or so named states contestants who we will see recur the most frequently throughout the movie whenever they need other girls to be in the scene with uh heart and cheryl
0: and I never remember any of their I, names. I, I just the names. remember them as their, their particular state. Yep. Yeah, because I never Did, like, remember their New names. New York,
1: Hawaii, California, Texas. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we're, we're hitting them. Um, the girls are all talking about what an honor it is to be there. And it kind of quickly devolves into a bit of a snide catfight back and forth of like, oh, well, only one of us can win. Uh, and Miss uh, Hawaii is being a little bit rude to Cheryl Uh, and Hart interrupts to tell a joke about using the phone to say aloha and whether you would ever know if someone was saying hello or goodbye Uh, and Miss Rhode Island finds that very funny which is good because it kept the other girls from bullying her too much
0: yeah, you kind of, it's a little hard to tell in the moment if she did that specifically to try to stop the fight, like, mm-hmm. or if she's just so incompetent at talking to women that, that she's like, no, this seems like an appropriate time to make this joke. It feels like, like she almost <laughs> weaponized her incompetence in that moment because I'm like, well, I know she
1: likes to stand up to bullies because she did that as a kid at the beginning of the movie and, like, Cheryl yeah. was nice to her. So I'm choosing to take this as, no, she's not completely devoid of redemptive girl, uh, no.
0: girl power quality. <laughs> like, clearly she's... She's not that bad of a people person because she makes mm-hmm. friends with some people it's just yeah. she's very very picky about who it is usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the earpiece mic
1: also stops working at that moment uh, as the welcome speech begins as all so periodically we'll get cut away to so the guys in the control room being like Whoa, well, look at the footage ha ha Miss Morningside gives a speech about how exciting the event will be uh, and that after the rehearsal and photo shoot they can settle in and then uh, William Shatner gets his second line of the movie uh, or no he doesn't she just says that he'll be hosting the ceremony tomorrow <laughs> I lied and then-
0: <laughs> I, I do like oh, you know that what they kind of did here. that on purpose where they take the more famous actor and he is being talked over by the other person mm-hmm. I think that's really funny
1: <laughs> yeah he also reveals that he's going to be retiring this year uh, and one of the girls at the table gossips that they're actually firing her him in favor of someone newer and younger. So again, everyone has a motivation in this movie. Now we have Stanfield's. Mm-hmm. Hart tries to make sure that her mic is getting that juicy gossip. Uh, and as it does, it feeds back at her in the way that microphones close to each other are wont to do. And she shouts, Jesus Christ! Uh, and to cover for her outburst, she says that she almost forgot to pray before she took a bite of her bagel. And then she prays over her schmear and bagel, uh, as is right and good. I like her cover-ups in this, whenever she does almost get caught as being a secret agent, are pretty funny. Like, that, I, I can't take that away from her. I'm like, she thought on her feet, and that was, it worked perfectly.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's a little cringy of that, like, uh, what is it? It's like secondhand embarrassment, you know, mm-hmm. where you're watching a movie, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But she 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 recovers. she recovers. She recovers pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. I think it helps that she doesn't really seem to care too much about how anyone here thinks of her personally. So it is very much like, yeah. I don't mind if I get a little embarrassed, as long as they don't realize I'm an FBI agent.
0: <laughs> well, cause she doesn't, yeah, cause she's worth thinking of it as a job, when mm-hmm. she's not emotionally invested in it yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rehearsals start, the girls are doing a practice for a dance routine,
1: uh, Hart is struggling her way through it. Later that night, Miss Rhode Island knocks on Hart's door with some hot chocolate, and Hart, whose roommate is trying to sleep, invites her in, and they sit and chat for a moment over hot cocoa. They toast and Hart uh, tries to hide that she did not enjoy the flavor of the hot chocolate that was made with, like, low-fat milk or something. And
0: Yeah, know. it's like some weird, like, organic thing, and she's like, Yeah. No, but she,
1: she humors her because uh, she likes Cheryl, and uh, Cheryl thanks her for settling the argument earlier and asks Hart what her talent is going to be, uh, and Hart, kind of trying to cover it, makes a joke about how, oh, it's probably something silly like baton twirling, which is actually Cheryl's talent. But she takes it in stride, and after some words of encouragement from Hart, uh, saying that Cheryl very well could win, um, the two are interrupted by her roommate, who's like, e- shut up, I'm trying to sleep. So Cheryl leaves, and Hart, quote-unquote, gets to sleep. But before she can drip off, drift off, there's a tap at the window. Matthews, who's like, put your ear piercing, ear- earpiece in. Uh, Vic is calling for you, we gotta get back to training. So this is the flow of the movie, the, the day she will do Miss... Uh, United States, and at night, she will train with Vic to be Miss United States.
0: Yeah. Which leaves no time for sleep.
1: (laughs) Nope. Uh, They practice her walk-in fancy dresses going down the stairs, uh, and she has to at some point take a bunch of guns and handcuffs and secret stuff from mysterious thigh holsters that we don't see. (laughs) It's the, you know, get rid of all your weapons, and then they have a comical amount of weapons coming from nowhere.
0: Yeah, Uh between that and the donuts, like, <laughs> which I get so uncomfortable. She sticks, like, two frosted donuts in her dress, Ugh. like, in her boobs to try to sneak away with Don't. them later. And all Not I can think frosting, is, you know? girl, that frosting's <laughs> going everywhere. Oh, Ew. No donut is worth that. Like, if it was a, just a traditional glazed, I'm like, all right, I, I guess you can get away with that. But they're, like, the proper, like... Uh, cake donut with the frosting and the sprinkles like it's super oh, obvious boy. it's a prop uh in that case because otherwise it would be smeared on the inside of her dress oh yeah um
1: vic tries to figure out what she's gonna do for her talent because she has not prepared one and uh as they're arguing about you know what her talent could be back and forth and he complains to matthews matthews accidentally slips and calls her beautiful and so again the romantic subplot is progressing on time for the movie um and Hart finally brings this all to a conclusion by saying that she has an idea and she has to go call room service uh, after the, returning the various donuts that she swiped.
0: Yeah, Victor gets like a good like one liner and it's like, uh, oh, I haven't done it since high school. You are not having sex on that stage. I didn't know it was an option. Like, it's, really, it's a good like snipey back and forth mm-hmm. uh, conversation that they have yeah. about it. Victor and Hart have a
1: great little, like, chemistry of just, like, the perfect, like, match-for-match conversation style of, like, sniping back and forth. But neither one of them, like, really seems to take any of it too, too personally at any point until, like, you Mm -hmm. know, Darkest Hour of the Soul or whatever. Um, But it it works really well. These scenes are always some of my favorite parts of the movie just because I like seeing these two have conversations. Um, Yeah. We get a little another cutaway to the citizen prepping a mannequin with an explosive to test something out, and when you know it, boom! Matthews and Hart are walking back to her room in the morning, and he compliments her work ethic, and she jokes with him about his slip-up calling her gorgeous. Uh, and as he, she makes fun of him for wanting to kiss her, singing a little funky song about it. Uh, it looks like he might, but then he steals a bite of a Snickers instead, and she uh, grumpily returns to her room.
0: It's such, like, weird older sibling energy, so it's kind of weird that it's also supposed to be, like, a romantic comedy in that sense. It's it's, weird given how the movie started. (laughs) Yeah.
1: um, The next morning, she's exhausted, and when asked why she's so tired by the other girls, her roommate puts her on blast for having an illegal gentleman caller. Uh, and she talks around it by saying uh, some juicy, juicy gossip that the two of them had dated for a while, uh, but he had an incurable disease, and uh, that disease, stupidity. And she <laughs> continues to insult his ego and manhood, much to the annoyance of Matthews, who is listening in from their war room setup uh, and being. Yeah, so everyone up by their can colors. hear this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone on the team is just like, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Classy. Uh, Stan welcomes everyone to the competition and Miss Mary Jo of Texas sings as the talent competition begins we get a montage, flute opera, balloon animals and baton twirling good for Cheryl finally it's Hart's turn, she comes out in a like like Lederhosen looking outfit with the skirt.
0: <laughs> they established that outfit at the beginning when they first get there. You see a girl in that exact outfit who's passing out flyers for like a local like German brewery or something. So clearly that's where they ah. got the outfit. I didn't notice it when I first watched, but when I was re-watching it, it's when they're <laughs> first getting on the bus. Yeah. And in the background, you can see a girl in that exact same outfit passing out flyers for some sort of restaurant. So clearly Good that's where catch. they acquired the costume. Yeah, no, it's really like blinking and you'll miss it, but it's there. Very tight.
1: Um, she's got a tray, like a little cart with all these different wine glasses and such not on it. And she, much like she did at the lunch earlier with Victor, is like rubbing the rim of the glasses to make a tone. And she starts to like play them. And something I really like that they play up in this movie is whenever she's doing her talent thing, she kind of like interacts with the audience in a way and like gives them like little looks and things that make people laugh so she's got this infusion of like comedy
0: and oh i'm playing this song with the rims of the glasses Um, yeah they take like the talent is taken seriously it's like it's mm -hmm. random and kind of odd but like the actual performance of it is good
1: yeah but as she's playing she is watching the crowd and her eagle eye catches a cowboy at one o'clock who's got a gun And he starts to move towards the stage, and she she thinks he's going to be a shooter and tries to direct the team, but they don't move quickly enough. And she decides to take him out as he gets towards the stage and seems to be taking something out of his pocket, uh, jumping like a flying leap off of the stage to tackle this guy. And we don't see the result. We see the news footage afterwards where we learn that this man was reaching for a cigarette uh, and she's doing an interview where she's like, I'm just very passionate about the dangers of tobacco. Uh, which is turned off by a very annoyed Miss Morningside. But again, thinking on her feet, like is she does is she coming ca- across as a little bit, you know, funky? Maybe is she an eccentric personality? Sure. Is anyone clocking that she's an FBI agent? Very much not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that is fair. Like I wouldn't have have uh, clocked her as an FBI agent. Uh, but like, it is weird that like she chooses to be like uh, I'm against tobacco and like not that he had a gun because. As they established in like the next sentence, it's like, it's Texas. Everyone has a gun <laughs> is kind of like yeah. the running gag. So like she very think, easily could have like gotten away with saying, Oh, I thought I thought that guy had a gun. Like that very mm-hmm. easily could have been an explanation, but I think that's too logical. And so she's like, Oh, I have to make it sound stupid. <laughs> so that way they don't <laughs> think I'm actually an FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: she and the FBI are told off by Miss Morningside, and as they talk, Matthews reveals that they got DNA off of the letter from the citizen, and that it was a woman, not a man. So their profile is changing. It's their little twist. Mm-hmm. Um, and this really surprises Hart because the citizen has never slipped up like this before. They've never been able to crack his letters ahead of time. They've never gotten DNA before. It's weird that he's slacking, or she is slacking now. Um, mm-hmm. Miss Morningside is mad, the FBI is sort of bumbling through her pageant, especially Hart, and she asks her moment alone with Miss Hart, where she, uh, despite Hart immediately starting to apologize, Miss Morningside does a very dramatic, intense speech about fighting against intellectuals who think she and her contestants are all just worthless airheads, and how she has dedicated her life to the scholarship program, um, and she threatens Hart into behaving. And in case the audience has not put it together yet, Frank is her assistant. And now we've learned that the person who sent the letter was a woman. There are only so many characters it could be.
0: Yeah, Um, like, uh, yeah, because it's like, ah, it must have been a woman. And you're like, oh, oh, no, there are 50 women here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it could be anyone.
1: (laughs) Victor is prepping Hart for the interview section that night. Meanwhile, the boys are listening in as always. And uh, Matthews gets the call that their boss is flying down after seeing Hart's smoking stunt. Uh, so he goes off to the pool to do laps to relax. Victor tells Hart to always remember to smile and then starts quizzing her and she only seems to have like really sarcastic, ingenuine answers as she knows that no matter what she's going to be in the top five. And this makes Victor like pop off on her for being lonely and sad and an incomplete person married to her work and she sort of quips back at him that she doesn't have relationships because she doesn't want them and he tries to interview her about why she is the way she is which she just defiantly uh, takes a donut, pulls a gun on him, and storms off to find Matthews to complain and possibly quit.
0: I, I know like it is very clear that like Gracie's in the wrong. Mm-hmm. However, she has gotten no sleep for two days, and yes. she's not been allowed food for some friggin' reason. I food can understand why she would like freak out a little. Like I Ooh. know again she's not in the right, but I can understand why she's uh, upset. <laughs>
1: Yes. Um, Vic, there's a great joke here with Vic where he reads a card, uh, how do you feel about gun control from the interview test, and he quips that he is favorable about them. Uh, again, it, the best comedic beats come from him in this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hart goes to the pool and throws a football at Matthews to get his attention and tells him that she's quitting. She's like, I'm screwing up. I don't even feel like I'm a real agent anymore. Uh, and, you know, Vic said something that upset me, but, you know, I... I I am my job above all else and she rants about how she goes on dates and all she wants to do is her job and she feels lost she's just rambling for a while about being distressed Um, and Matthew reassures her that the reason he picked her for this op was not because she was the only possible person and not because she looked good in the evening dress but because she's smart she doesn't take any crap, she's funny and that uh, if the pageant people see what he sees they'll love her
0: Aww. Yeah, like they, like in, like at the beginning of the movie, like when he was made like team leader, mm-hmm. and there's that scene where they're very clearly not knowing what to do. Gracie's the one offering all the proper suggestions, and he always goes with what she like mm-hmm. uh, says when it comes to like FBI stuff. Less so with like the pageanty stuff because that's not her area of expertise, right? But he he always takes her opinion seriously and they do establish mm-hmm. it unfortunately it does kind of come across as like him stealing a bit of her thunder a, a little, little bit, bit because like of course they assume he's the one who did it because he's a man yeah but uh... I
1: like how this sort of recontextualizes things like the first half of the movie a little bit of like oh yeah he was taking her suggestions seriously because they came from her and not just like the man parroting back the one woman in the room's answers but it is tough to sort of like have to retcon that in a way, an hour later. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he pulls her into the pool platefully and they. she is like, do you know how much this dress costs? And swims away angrily. Uh, but she's still in the op. All's well. She's not gonna let him down. Uh, the next morning, Hart is skulking about the dressing room, towel around her as the swimsuit section is today and she does not want her entire team seeing her swimsuit stuff
0: uh, if from the little pin that camera we saw her in a swimsuit at the beginning of the movie She's weird <laughs> <laughs> like Just why weird. are you weird about it you did it at the beginning
1: yeah. I think she also makes a point about being like I'm one of the only ones who's in a bikini and not a one piece and I'm like ah, it's, that's fair, that, that, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> I, I can't take that from you um, Vic shows up with uh, hairspray and boob pads to do various uh, pageant tricks to make the bathing suit stay in place and look better And, uh, Matthew nobly, Matthews nobly covers the screen so the boys can't hoot at her, which uh, I can't take, respectable. Yeah, (laughs) they keep
0: the pin on the, on the friggin, like, bikini top or whatever, Mm -hmm. so, like, when Vic has to put the inserts, it's very obvious they would have seen her boobs, so. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, during an undercover mission, whatever, but, like, it's nice that, like, Matthews was, like, you know, thinking of her privacy, so that's, that's nice. (laughs) That's nice. Um...
1: He, Vic tells uh, Heart that if she can do this, she can convince anyone that she belongs here. And uh, Stan welcomes us to the swimsuit preliminary. The gals all do their strut, mostly in one pieces. Heart rushes to the stage and uh, she gets some cheers and giggles a bit as she does her walkabout in the bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as she succeeds, I guess. Like I, Again, I don't really know what the swimsuit competition is judging other than like Heart looked good. I, and like had composer I, you kind
0: of need to it's more just padding like yeah. it is a like the, the competition you would have all these different parts you have the talent portion you have mm-hmm. the swimsuit part the interview yeah. so it's just them kind of going through the motions of like all these are all the different aspects and I think it's also kind of showing that it is very physically demanding on mm-hmm. the, on the girls to do all these things like intelligence aside like it's just a lot to have to deal with <laughs>
1: Yeah, now I get why anyway, it's there in the sequence. There's just a cutaway where Morningside like smacks Vic a little bit, being like, Ugh, "I'm annoyed." And I wasn't quite sure how to interpret that at this point. I'm like, "Is she
0: annoyed that she like is blending in, or what's going on?" Well, um, i I think there's a uh, the, I think the reason she's annoyed is because Gracie's more competent than she expected mm, her to be, <laughs> and I think for her nefarious purposes, I think that's what's more stressing her out than anything.
1: Yeah, um, the interview section commences and everyone starts talking about their answers, all of which end with world peace. Uh, and when it's heart turn, and she's asked about whether or not she thinks the one thing, what she thinks the one thing our society needs, and she says harsher punishment for parole violators. And after a very awkward, quiet pause, she adds, "and world peace," world which peace. gets uproarous applause. <laughs> like
0: I get it. Uh, it is also kind of funny. Like they do keep you know that it's taking place in Texas so it's like "Hmm, okay Mm. yeah. Like even if you weren't an FBI agent like some of her more liberal views are not going to be Mm. welcome in Texas (laughs) necessarily (laughs) Uh,
1: Vic is proud of her Matthews is like I got a lead and it's photos of Cheryl with her animal rights group in college who did some bombings I guess
0: Uh, yeah. yeah they were like it wasn't like actual bombing I think it was like like, they had some violent protests yeah. of some kind of resort. Some sort of thing. Yeah, they don't know the specifics, though. But because
1: of that, Cheryl fits the profile, and while Hart is sort of in disbelief of, like, there's no way, you know, like, the, the girl who's currently on stage describing her perfect date, April 25th, because it's not too hot, not too cold, all you need is a light jacket, which is a great answer to that question.
0: Absolutely fantastic. That is the <laughs> other iconic scene that I think of from this movie. It's just like, oh, my God. That is the, like it's a clever answer like if she had just if she had run with it like if she had been like wink wink like I think that would have been hilarious I think I'm wondering if that actually explains some things later of why she has a particularly high score I think maybe Mm. some people thought she did it on purpose but we know she didn't
1: Uh, Matthews tells Hart to do some girl talk to find out if this this is really their suspect and after some protest she agrees but she removes her earpiece because she can't do girl talk with a guy in her head um, that yeah. night Hart gets pizza and beer and goes to check up on Cheryl cheering her up after her date question answer and while all of the girls around them which are the same girls who are at the table at the beginning of the movie uh, protest at first the allure of pizza is impossible to resist and they all go out on the town for the night partying and drinking and eating za um, I want to go to that bar. What it bars? Has,
0: <laughs> got, I like, don't know, but it's paint so... Paint buckets like, that it, you can play like you're it, in the blue man group. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, when I was in college, I was disappointed that there were not bars like this one. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's a club, and everyone has, like, glow-in-the-dark, like, paint, or, like, UV paint that, mm-hmm. like, glows uh, under the UV lights. And there's, like, drums that they can play. And then they get their shots in, like these little tubes like a little test tube yeah. rather than like a proper shot glass really and so it comes tube. in like the set of like 10 or whatever that like the normal like test tube beakery mm-hmm. thing it's so cool looking i'm like it's a man, very distinct bar to have thrown at me. yeah it's really like they did a really good job of establishing it it's like it's i was like oh man i wish there was a bar like that they're out They're partying um, and Cheryl, and Hart. All over themselves. <laughs> Cheryl
1: and Hart wrap up drumming and get back to the table where all the girls uh, do a shot and then a bunch of the other girls rush off for uh, more drums and shots and things and uh, Hart gets a moment alone with Cheryl to talk and Cheryl uh, actually describes her real perfect date walking on the beach and um, Hart as unsmoothly as possible asks if Cheryl has ever committed a crime and Cheryl's like I stole underwear from Macy's once and also i had a professor who like assaulted me and Hart is like no 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 none of that you have to have reported that and also let me show you how to defend yourself and she goes to teach cheryl self-defense and cheryl passes out so she's done for the night
0: yeah thankfully she is blitzed out of her mind so she doesn't realize that gracie's like interrogating her <laughs> yeah i also
1: like that Hart like at this point is very much like woman-to-woman solidarity, like, no, 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 like, you need to know She's how to defend yourself. She's very protective yourself. of Cheryl. She's very protective yeah. of Cheryl. There's a real, like, care there, with even with the other girls who are there as well. Um, they all end up in the bathroom afterwards, as is customary. On a girl's night out, you gotta all mm. shit talk in the bathroom. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and in their gossip, uh, they gossip about Miss Morningside, who was always a runner-up until the year she won, in which her... Uh, runner-up the, the expected victor for her competition mysteriously got food poisoning uh, ooh there was some foul play perhaps when Morningside won and she also notably got a letter from the network firing her this year so someone else has motive to maybe want to sabotage the competition
0: And the, yeah they they, uh, <laughs> they they're like all right mystery done <laughs> We've done, <laughs> we've done it we've done it we've cracked the case
1: at this point there will be a, no illusion about who's doing what and it's yeah, they not don't really, hide it much <laughs> it doesn't really feel like a twist either because she's just been like the most overtly aggressive and villainous character we've had and like yeah she is the expected Frank. villain which is
0: why it is almost an, an inverted twist that she almost. actually is the villain because you're like <laughs> expecting it to be somebody else and it's no it's her no it's her <laughs>
1: um Hart returns to the hotel where their boss has arrived and she's like, I have a lead that isn't Cheryl, but they have already arrested the citizen. What? Uh, Yeah, he was holed up in a shack in Nevada, so they can all pack it in and go home, ops over, case closed. Um, Hart says they should stay because, you know, all of the inconsistencies, the ease with which they saw the letter, the DNA, like, this all points to a copycat, you know, the the contest could still be in trouble. She explains that they have reason to monitor Morningside, but no one is taking her seriously, and even Matthews tells her to stop talking, uh, and the boss asks Matthews whether they should stay, and after looking to Hart uh, defeatedly, he's like, no. Um, Hart asks to stay behind alone, and the boss is like, I don't care what you do as long as you do it as a private citizen, turn in your badge and gun, and Hart, betrayed by Matthews and all the rest of the FBI... uh, it decides that she wants to protect the girls, even if it's not following the lo- rule book following orders. And Matthews is too dedicated to said rule book.
0: yeah, that's when they suddenly remember that he has to be really dedicated to the rules The again. rules. <laughs> the rules you understand. Um, and like like they they do sort of kind of establish why Matthews. like normally, he's always listened to her. Mm-hmm. but he he's he went out of his way to make sure she would be on this operation. And he's being, like, kinda kind of threatened, essentially. Like, it's a subtle yeah. threat by the boss of, like, you're not going to get the promotion or whatever if you don't, like, listen to me or something. Right. It's, you you kind of see, like, a, oh, okay, I, that's why he's doing that. He's not just doing it for, like, it kind of comes out of nowhere otherwise. You're like, he's listening to her the whole time. Why yeah, wouldn't he? Again,
1: me? the boss shows up pretty much to just, like be mean to heart and then leave i'm like yeah i don't know if i see the harm in keeping the op going these are all very reasonable things to like i guess you caught the citizen but also the copycat
0: thing seems like a very there's no reason why they wouldn't have left at least a small force there to finish it out there's no way they would have run that risk because they wouldn't have known especially if they caught the citizen who was a guy and the person who wrote the letter had uh, female DNA, there's no reason for them not to have left at least a small force behind no. to make sure nothing weird was going Again, on. Again, he
1: seems to exist purely to be mean to heart and then make the movie
0: harder. <laughs> he's just bad at his job. Like, he's <laughs> just really, really bad at it. Yeah. Um,
1: we go to a a cutaway where the now overtly villainous Morningside is in her office uh, wearing the crown that she keeps in her desk drawer, the one that they give to the Miss United States Uh, and as she's like flipping through a stack of those like Cut and paste words, serial killer letters on her desk. Uh, she puts the crown on and like in her mind she hears the applause and does the like queenly wave as it were. When her yeah, son yeah, hear enters. a little bit of a
0: background wave and and like yeah. like a audience clapping and you're like ah oh, all right weird. Yeah,
1: she's she's <laughs> lost in the sauce a little bit. Her son enters. It's Frank, the assistant. What? He's her son? Crazy. Also a villain. Gray. <laughs> Shock and surprise. He's the minion. <laughs> He's the goon. Um, yeah. He's worried that it isn't going to work because the feds have uh, caught the citizen and now they don't have anyone to pin their crime on. But his mom is like, no, 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 this could still work. We just have to use one of these other threatening letters to pin the crime on them. Uh, after all, I just wrote all of these myself. Aren't I so crafty? Um, she's pissed because she's getting fired. She's like, you hey, want someone young and hot. Then, ugh, blah, blah,
0: blah. Uh, Yeah, like her motivation's kind of like... Like, I think that's why they had to throw in that extra line of, like, oh, she's, she's willing to do whatever it takes to win because she mm-hmm. even supposedly, like, gave the winner food poisoning so she would be the actual winner, which is not how that works, but okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, they would still give it to her. Like, someone would just accept it on her behalf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: The feds are all leaving the next morning. Hart goes to Vic to get pretty, but he's not getting paid anymore because the FBI are pulling out of their operation. And so he too has to leave. Uh, And she's like, No, I need your help. Like, I'm not, it's not fixed anymore. I'm not going to automatically make it to the top five. Like, I need to actually compete and win. Um, And Vic gives her an encouraging talk about her cocoon being open and how proud of her he is and gives her a parting gift before wishing her luck uh, a box with a dress in it presumably the girls are all getting ready uh, and they're worried because their pal Gracie missed dress rehearsal when Hart busts in and starts rushing to get ready uh, and she's frazzled and unsure what to do but all of her new girlfriends rush in and help because she has friends and co- it's womanly camaraderie <laughs> they're doing yeah, her like hair and their makeup
0: yeah it's, it's an interesting because like they establish that they're kind of gossipy and a little bitchy to one another but mm-hmm. like And at first, Gracie's just kind of registering that as, ah, women are catty. They -hmm. are mean. They like to talk. But, like, as it progresses through the movie, the bitchiness is kind of partially part of the friendship. Like, you get the sense that, like, having a bunch of girlfriends, there is going to be a little bit of snippy, like, snarky banter. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they don't, like, care about one another. Yeah. And they also see just how, like, overwhelmed Gracie is. And Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, honey,
1: (laughs) don't worry, we'll help you. (laughs) Got you. Um, the crowds gather. It's the final night of the pageant. They all are dressed as the Statue of Liberty with holding their state for the opening number. And uh, Hart notices as they're being ushered out to stage that there was a briefcase left by Morningside. And she rushes over to it as the broadcast begins. It's the so- statues singing a song or whatever. I really don't know the Miss America, Miss United States pageant all that well. So this it's, was a part where I'm like, I, I guess they all stand out there as their states and sing.
0: Uh, there's usually, like, a little, like, number that they, like, this is the dance number that they were doing the Mm -hmm. rehearsing for, uh, a few days ago, and, like, sometimes, like, Miss America pageants will have some sort of, like, opening number, I don't remember that all much, though, but Mm -hmm. I do know the song that plays, uh, was nominated for Best Original Song for uh, Golden Globe, I don't know if it won, I can't remember,
1: good for Miss Congeniality, um, (laughs) Heart rushes to the case, but it's opened up and full of microphones, so she's got to rush uh, from the side of the stage and try to, as seamlessly as possible, join her place in the lineup, and she manages to do it a-okay. The girls give away their props and begin their coordinated dance, and Heart does it pretty well this time, actually. She's in sync with everyone. You wouldn't be able to pull her out uh, of the lineup. Um, Stan comes out to host alongside Morningside, and they announce the top ten contestants who will be doing the top part of the pageant today. Hawaii, California, New York, Alaska, Texas, New Jersey, Hart made it, and Rhode Island. Um, Hart promptly falls down as she walks down the stairs to join the top ten on stage, but she manages to laugh it off, and all is well.
0: It's, it's very charming. Yeah. <laughs> like her, because they're all wearing the, like, Miss Liberty crown, so mm-hmm. some of her hair gets, like, stuck in the crown as she's, like, walking to go join the other finalists. It's very cute. It's very charming.
1: Uh, They do the swimsuit contest next Uh, as they're doing this. The feds are all at the airport where uh, a bunch of Matthews and one of the other guys talking about how Morningside is squeaky clean and Vic gossiping is like, oh, you know, her son is Frank, the assistant. He's a real sniveling human being. And this makes Matthews pause because they didn't get anything on Frank when they searched him before or anything on Morningside having a son. But that's because they had searched Frank by the la- wrong last name and they he- searched Frank Tobin and not Frank Morningside and Frank Morningside had a crazy rap see- sheet so I'm like I guess <laughs> I guess. It feels like the FBI should have been able to put together that someone might have changed their last name or gone by a different last name
0: some of it you can't tell if it's just the movie having to move the plot forward or if it's just that the FBI didn't take it as seriously as they should have yeah unsure which it is (laughs) like Mm -hmm.
1: because he's using his dad's last name but like you would have been able to see that his dad had been married to kathy morningside and so i'm like wouldn't that make the connection but it's
0: at this it's just to get matthews to go
1: back to the competition at this point so
0: yeah i i feel like if maybe if hart had actually done the research then they would have found that immediately like it's other people doing it (laughs) perhaps Hart starts prepping for the
1: talent contest. She gives a gift to Cheryl. They're the flaming batons that Cheryl had talked about being a little scared of using before, and some encouragement. She really wants her bestie to succeed.
0: I um, don't know how in the world she got them there, considering there was no Amazon at that time. So I have absolutely no that's idea what how the FBI's she last name searching resources were going to was finding Oh, that was batons. in their, sh- their, their cache of weapons. Their kit. was a, a fire <laughs> baton.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matthews and Vic rush back to the venue. Cheryl does her baton talent performance. They're on fire, the people love it. She's killing it. Um, Meanwhile, Vic and Matthews head backstage, uh, getting by on Vic's contest clout rather than Matthews' uh, FBI badge, and uh, get Hart's attention as Matthew tells her that Frank is Morningside's son and that it's just the three of them left to find Frank and Morningside, and specifically find Frank, though, because he's backstage doing something suspect. He's just dropped Mm -hmm. a mystery box in a janitor's closet. Heart is about to go on, but everyone has been using her glasses to drink out of. And the shot was hilarious to me, and also drove me a little crazy because she walks through a set of like curtains on the, in the wings of the theater, and there's just like four or five girls around the table drinking different levels of water out of her
0: wine glasses. And she's like, "Oh no!" And it's not like they had hidden this talent, so no. like they would have known they were hers. So it's it is like a little weird. sabotage.
1: There was no like props master up backstage saying like, "Here are our evil to keep their gear."
0: The other thing I can think of is because Morningside hangs out on the in the wings a lot, mm-hmm. watching the competition. It's possible she might have done that purposely to make sure now that Gracie wasn't being rigged uh, to win, to just get her out of the way. Basically, true. That was kind of the other thing. I was like, that must she must have had something to do with it. Yeah, that's the only way I can explain this. It's a very funny
1: shot, and then as soon as she's like, oh, no, the girl's, like, scattered to either side, too, so it's (laughs) definitely about the framing, like, very got got me. (laughs) (laughs) She needs a new talent. All she has are sarcasm and a right hook, and as Miss New Jersey is introduced, she's got to take the stage. Uh, Hart gets on stage and announces that she's going to do a self-defense lesson with her assistant, Eric Bob, aka Matthews, uh, and she manages to make the crowd laugh and applaud, and I love... They have a lot of cutaways in this section of the movie to the TV crew in the control room, like, switching the feeds and, like, commenting as things happen. And the TV crew are loving this. They're like, stay on, this girl. She's she's dynamite. Uh, she's kicking his butt. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, she she smacks Matthews around a bunch, and he is in pain, and she's getting a lot of love from the crowd. It's going great.
0: It is funny, because, like, the, the techniques that she uses, I always remember it. Oh, yeah. Because... Because it's like, oh, if you are a woman and you, uh, like, she's talking about, like, have, having some basic self-defense. And she's like, you just have to remember to sing. Because those are the four, mm-hmm. like, vulnerable spots on the body. And it's solar plexus, instep, nose, groin. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to remember that forever. Locked <laughs> in. <laughs> it's, it is core memory unlocked.
1: Yeah. And she's doing a good job again. Like, every time they let Hart talk, she is actually genuinely a funny person. She's got She's very clever and witty, and it comes across in this performance as she's talking everyone through what she's doing. She's not just demonstrating. She's, you know, getting the audience into it as well. Um, Morningside and Frank, meanwhile, find last year's winner holding the crown, and she sends the crown away with Frank to the janitor to get it to really... or to the prowess master to get it to really shine. So Frank's got hands on the crown. Um, the... Show goes to commercial, and she heart goes to get into her evening ground while the boys find Frank. uh, And Frank is down in the janitor's closet setting an explosive in the crown. Oh no! Um, It's time to announce the final five: (laughs) California, Rhode Island, Nebraska, Texas.
0: Yeah, New Jersey (laughs) just shows up out of nowhere. Nebraska was a left field one. Wait, oh no, no, that's New York.
1: No, New York uh, is not in the top five. Oh, but no, she's, she's not in the top five. You're yeah. right, you're right. And immediately I mean, the after the top, top, top five are announced, uh, she's dragged off of the stage because she runs to the front of the stage and yells that she's a lesbian and she hopes the other lesbians of the world think that see her and are inspired to make the top ten as well, forcing the contest to go to commercial, which I think served in the plot to buy Matthews and Hart and Vic time to find Frank. But in the context of the movie, like... Her girlfriend's in the crowd, and she's it's so really happy, proud of her. Cute. And there's a girl in the control room who they're like, her, her boss is like, oh, we got to cut away from the le- you know, uh, lesbians. And then she's like, what's wrong with lesbians, sir? And I'm like, I guess, like, for a movie that has handled gay stuff pretty badly, the last bit of it,
0: I can't. Yeah, like, this, this is, is not the positive <laughs> to, yeah. to somewhat balance it. Uh, but yeah, I did think it was funny because, like, they clearly had established this group. Of uh, Gracie uh, Cheryl and then California Texas Hawaii New York, New York. like they had a core kind of group that were all mm-hmm. hanging out but and so you would think oh that makes sense that they will be in the top five but then randomly Miss Nebraska's there for some reason she never speaks by the way yeah uh, <laughs> so you're just like why I mean they could have had her like there were a few of the other girls who didn't make it besides New York so it's like why didn't they just use one of them yeah uh.
1: What can you do? It was
0: so weird. I was like, Nebraska. (laughs) I don't even know what she looks like. She's made it in. Um,
1: (laughs) The interview section's up next. Uh, At this point, Matthews is up on the catwalk in the theater as Vic is roaming around backstage. And uh, New Jersey's up, and she's asked what she would say to the haters of the Miss USA pageant. And uh, giving a serious answer for once, Hart says that she used to be one of them. And then she came here and realized that all the women are smart, terrific people who want to make a difference in the world and that this experience has been one of the most rewarding of her life. And Vic has a little like, moment of celebrating his success. He's turned her into a pageant queen. He's so proud of himself. And then she continues the answer uh, by going to her threatening voice and saying that if anyone tries to hurt one of her new friends, she'd make them suffer. And this makes Morningside- Which is supposed to be-
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be a a a jab at Morningside, specifically, yeah. yeah,
1: Who looks visibly uncomfortable. Uh, The crowd's Mm -hmm. momentarily confused and Vic is like, in despair. (laughs) And then she opened her mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Hart overhears Frank took the crown to get polished, and she tells tries to tell Vic that the bomb is where the crown is. But she's being rushed off stage as she does so. So she keeps making the motion of like the crown, the crown, and mouthing it. And he doesn't seem to completely get what she's going for because he's
0: like, "Yes, yes. it's within your grasp. Imagine I'll the crown. It. Be the crown." <laughs> like yeah because he doesn't know that about it because he's kind of been kept in the dark a little bit about mm-hmm. what exactly is going on yeah so it makes sense why Vic is like has no idea what she's doing. not at about. all
1: um, Matthews and Vic watch off stage as the winner is announced and Hart tries to continue this motion to Matthews to get the crown but they seem to just not be clocking it um, California came in fifth Nebraska in fourth um, Texas in third it's down to New Jersey and Rhode Island Uh, just then Matthew spots Frank in the set behind them and goes to confront him kind of sneaking his way through and having to sort of fight off one of the security guards for the venue Um, the runner up is New Jersey which means that Cheryl's the winner good for Cheryl bad for crown bad for crown yeah Hart tries to tell Cheryl not to take the crown, but Cheryl is just too swept up in the moment. And so uh, when the crown is placed on Cheryl's head, Hart starts to fight with security and start trying to wrestle it from her and like wrestle it off of her head and making a break for the crown as she uh, wrestles for it. Meanwhile, Matthews is fighting Frank uh, in the set for the remote that would activate the detonator on the bomb. All the while Stan is doing the like, she's Miss United States song and speech. Uh, Again, Mm -hmm. this is like Shatner's like, third and fourth lines of the movie it's just him desperately trying to push through this while there is chaos on stage um morningside gets her hands on the detonator and uh matthews warns heart as she grabs the crown and morningside hits the detonator and Hart throws the crown behind her into the set which blows up the statue of liberty cheryl faints the cr- crowd is like whoa. silence um And we see later that the press is going crazy as Morningside and Frank are arrested. Um, Morningside is rambling about how she just wanted to make the world a better place by, I guess, blowing up the winner of the contest. It's all a little vague.
0: Yeah, if if it had actually worked, then that would have been... Incredibly awful and traumatizing. Awful traumatizing like, We, we saw like, how the bomb exploded the mannequin in the previous scene, so we're like, yeah. there wouldn't be a top half of that person there. No. That's horrifying. Like, and also, like, oh my god, she's doing this
1: because she's mad she's getting fired. But it's not really hurting the people who are firing her, and it's not a reason that they would not fire her, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is I, it's the audacity of it. Things.
0: It's like it's her being replaced by a newer, younger version of her. Like yeah. that's more the issue of but it. There wasn't like I explicit. Guess. Like it's not that she's getting replaced
1: by this year's winner. If anything, she probably no. getting replaced by. Yeah, like a different previous winner. But it's, it's the kind. same.
0: They use the same reason that they explained for. Uh, uh, Shatner's character for mm. her is that they both are being replaced because the network thinks that uh, they need uh, something new and fresh and young, uh, someone younger, because like mm-hmm. Morningside's been running it for so long. And yeah. I guess the the I think it's something like, oh, people aren't watching the pageant anymore. Like views are going down, so mm-hmm. that's why they think they have to do it. Something to that effect. Yeah, I guess I just don't think that
1: knowing how studios work today, like a great tragedy would just not result in them firing those two anyway like I still think that they would have gotten replaced even if the ratings were up because people were trying to pay attention to the pageant because of a great tragedy that happened so I'm like I don't think that her scheme necessarily has to have made perfect sense but I did get a little bit lost I'm like it feels less like this was in any way a thing that could be explained and not just like an act of vindictive lashing it, out it, to
0: me it was oh you're getting rid of me well i'll take you with me is kind of how i saw it less that oh this, they'll keep her on and more like mm-hmm. she knows she's getting fired she cannot change that so she might as well burn the ship down with her you know i guess yeah it just feels like she's lashing out the wrong person but it's the person oh, that yeah. she could lash <laughs> out
1: at so <laughs> like what's cheryl gonna do you know um Matthews catches up with Hart afterwards, complimenting her work, and she asks him how throwing out the rulebook feels. And he's he's a fan, he's a fan, and he asks her out for dinner, so they might go on a date later. And she does her little like you think I'm gorgeous song, uh, and want he to laughs. Kiss
0: me, <laughs> yeah.
1: And then she pulls That's him really into cute. a big old smooch, and they make out a little as is their right. Romantic subplot concluded. Uh, <laughs> as they're leaving, Vic catches her and. Uh, rushes her to the farewell breakfast with an lie about finding another explosive. And when she enters the hall, it's Cheryl and all the girls wanting to thank Hart for protecting them. And they give her the Miss Congeniality award for being the nicest at the pageant. And she gets a sash and to say some words about how honored and touched she is, and how she really does want world peace. She's crying. They're all crying and cheering. And ah, womanhood solidarity. Uh, Tom Jones's "She's a Lady" starts playing as she hugs her fellow contestants, and we exunt the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a really cute, wholesome moment at the end. Like, uh, very clearly, it's you can be kick-ass mm-hmm. and also feminine. Like, yeah. you can be pretty and also have a gun. It's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really, it's just really, it's just yeah. a nice, sweet way to end the movie. Mm-hmm. And you like heart uh, uh, is in her like FBI outfit again but mm-hmm. it fits her better and her hair is styled a lot nicer. She's wearing like a little bit of makeup so it's very clear that she has learned how to express yeah. herself in a nice way. She's learned like, to embrace it. her womanhood. Yeah and it's, it's like a nice like medium because she's not nearly as made up as she was during the competition but it's very clear that like oh she learned something from this experience mm-hmm. like she's taking it she's not hiding anymore she's more confident in herself it's, it's just it's really nice yeah no this kind of getting into clothes and thoughts a little bit like the thing that i like about this movie
1: is the sec. because this is about a two-hour movie the second hour of this movie i think is incredibly strong and the first hour really frustrates me almost for the like opposite reasons in that mm-hmm. i think what this movie does even better than showing that you can be both feminine and badass is showing that like you do not have to reject womanhood and more importantly like The aid and friendship of other women to be badass or to like do these to be a career woman does not mean to not be a pageant queen Mm -hmm. and i think that the best parts of this movie are when you get all of the other contestants and heart together and heart is not only you know doing the badass fbi secret mission thing but also being changed and loved and learning with the contestants how to embrace her newfound friendships more than anything else and this is like the perfect ending of that of like yes she did solve the case she saved cheryl's life But more importantly, she gained 49 friends, (laughs) and they all support each other in this way. And I think that's really strong uh, for the ending of this, and, like, really comes through in the second half of the movie. Where the first half of the movie, I'm like, I understand what the setup is for. I think I needed, like, 10% less time on setup so that we could just kind of get to the actual pageant sooner. And maybe, like just a little, I didn't need to be like, hit over the head as frequently with like, heart is not like other girls. I understand yeah, like why they, they do they it, really, but it, it was a little bit much.
0: Yeah, like for me, it's, it's okay. Cause like, you have to have her be so frustrating in the beginning in order for mm-hmm. the end where she has changed to right. be as satisfying as it is. So it's like, oh my God, Gracie, just fucking compromise, please. And she's like, no. Yeah. And so like, you are just as frustrated with her as Vic and Matthews are. Mm-hmm. So like you, it's it's on purpose. But I do agree. Like they could have cut a little of it. Yeah, uh, and they just uh, to like give us more like more girl so power, time. like hangout time. Like I think it would have yeah. been nice to just to see like her trim the runtime of the movie a little
1: bit. Like it's like the opening scene mm-hmm. where it's her as a kid. Like it's cute and it's good. But it it doesn't re- like I got the same impression of the character with with or without it. So I don't know that I like, needed that whole little sequence or like. The sting at the beginning maybe could have been a little shorter or less important. Like, just like these are things that, like, feed into who Hart is and sort of set up the miscongeniality situation, but ultimately aren't as critical as the crux of the film itself when they're at the pageant or when they're training with Vic. So I think if I had to do, like, if I'm doing an editor's pass on it, I'm trimming that first hour down to, like, 45, 30 minutes. But overall, like, I didn't really like this movie. I think there's a lot. For being from the year 2000, it holds up remarkably well uh, mostly. It does. And I think that there's, it, the ending is so satisfying that it's worth it to kind of suffer through the first little bit of heart to be like, she gets better, she gets better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, there's a lot of movies that I watch and they'll have moments where I, I might fast forward a little through them. Mm-hmm. Or, like, it, again, this is another movie that if I'm doing something and it's on in the background, that's the part of where I'll kind of check out a little. Yeah. And then I'll get more invested in the second half, but it is just—it's just a fun movie. Uh, most of it holds up pretty well, and like the stuff that doesn't, you can pretty much attribute it to, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense for the time. I the guess the stuff that doesn't not is brief, brief but and it's, pretty
1: unobtrusive as far as things that don't hold up can be.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're like one-off jokes; they're not entire segments of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Sandra Bullock's hilarious, Michael Caine's hilarious. Uh, everyone just. They're, they're just so funny, like, and even, like, minor, minor characters get, like, mm-hmm. these little personality quirky things. Like, Miss New York is very, like, she's one of the more friendly people to Gracie because, oh, yeah, New York, Jersey, yeah. Like, yeah. she has this cute little, like, yeah, we know, we're, we're The we're new friends. state solidarity. Like, and then, like, Texas is so mean. <laughs> she gets punched in the face at Texas is mean, she... but I love that whenever she shows up is people in the crowd like cheer extra hard for
1: her cuz they're in Texas like cuz it's in Texas, attention to yes. detail
0: yeah it is it's just very funny cuz like we know why uh, Gracie's trying to go for the crown, obviously it's Cheryl's, makes sense why she's trying to hold on to it but then Texas just is like she comes and she's like, oh, we can fight for it? Cool, I'ma, <laughs> I'ma steal it. And It's just really funny because she's been very argumentative but she always backs down whenever it came to like a physical altercation so mm-hmm. then suddenly her trying to grab the crown at the end was really funny because it's just like, what? And then she has like a uh like a a bandage over her nose at the end during Mm -hmm. the during the like lunch and it's clear like she's not mad at gracie like she understands why she did what she had to do it's just it's it's cute it's just nice there's a lot there's a lot to really like about this
1: i think you've kind of hit the nail on the head with it's a great like i'm sick or i'm doing things around the house kind of movie because when you do tune in you're probably going to find something you like and then you don't have to like sit in it for too long but it's still it's a fun watch um Heather, thank you so much for coming. If I had a miscongeniality Award, I would give it to you, but unfortunately the <laughs> podcast does not do paper plate awards or any equivalent type of distribution. Uh, so instead, I will simply thank you for joining us today and ask you, if our listeners want to hear more from you, where can they find you?
0: Well, I'll be miscongeniality in my heart. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, under Kaluna Reviews. Uh, I... Have a YouTube channel where I talk about anime, video games, etc. But I've been working more in audiobook and voiceover mm-hmm. lately, so I haven't been doing a ton of YouTube stuff. But you can always check out uh, the audiobooks that I've narrated under Heather Wynne. Uh, I've narrated some real, <laughs> <laughs> some real weird ones. Uh, uh, the Amish Romance Collection that uh, several friends have reviewed for me, <laughs> which which was fun, uh, but I do a lot of like self-help books, uh, stuff of that nature. So if you wanna go and support me, feel free. That's nice. If you wanna check it out, <laughs> that's cool, uh, but yeah. Yeah,
1: go check it out. All that's linked in the show notes down below. Um, I hear the music, I'm off to find out who the top 10 for the show are. Uh, take my exit, <laughs> do my little wave. Uh, it's we'll catch Ziggy. you guys ziggy's the winner yes i mean <laughs> always right she's who this is all yeah. for
0: that's what the patreon <laughs> money
1: goes to is the good cat food yep. but uh feeding the cats <laughs> but uh thank you guys for listening we'll be back uh, in two weeks another episode and until then adios bye thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of movie struck We'll be back in two weeks with another thrilling installment on February 19th. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the show before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Check out the Moviestruck Discord server for fun conversations with other fans. And if you really, really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron for more exclusive benefits like monthly patron-selected movie reviews. I'd like to take a moment here at the end of the episode to also thank the patrons who joined us last month. It's because of you guys and all the fun folks over on Patreon that I'm able to keep uh, our beauty queen Ziggy and the good cat food and keep this podcast running. So a special thank you to Sarai Thompson and Halean Crusader. Meow. Ziggy says thank you as well. <laughs> Catch you next time.